0: We're talking today about grief and loss. Hey, this is Gabe Kolstad and Nancy Castile, and we're following up with Westside's teaching this last weekend on grief and loss. This is the Midweek Motivation episode of the Westside Podcast. Thanks for joining us, and I'm so happy to have you back in the studio with us, Nancy. Uh, It's great to always be with you. Hi, Gabe. Hi.
1: Yeah, I was thinking this was a good one um, for me to come to, um, you know, as you guys would have known from previous episodes. Uh, I'm a psychologist, I'm a coach, uh, and I work with people, a lot with teenagers, young adults, not so young adults, and families. And so not only can I speak to this from a perspective of a professional, Mm -hmm. but also as, as somebody who actually, you know, it's funny because when we think about loss and grief, what we tend to go to immediately is death. Yeah, and and while I'm going to talk about that because I um, some of you may know you know you've mentioned before um, you know I, or I mentioned that I'm married to Matt and uh, but but I'm I've only been married to Matt for two and a half years and I'm definitely not in my twenties so <laughs> um, my husband Trevor had passed away uh, when he was 48 years old from. A uh, heinous cancer, a horrid cancer, mm. uh, bile duct cancer, and um, and you know, uh, so I can also speak to this from a truly personal place, yeah. especially because you know, after that loss, um, I met somebody uh, in myself that I didn't ever know existed. Um, which is mm. very interesting. Yeah. And and I think that anybody listening or watching this would understand that. Um, but first, before we go to that, I just want to talk about a little bit about um, grief. And, you know, what is grief? You know, the experience of grief is really, so you, if you think about it, it's really when life events violate our expectations. And I know that sounds dramatic, and I'm trying <laughs> to sound dramatic, but but when you think about it, it's not just something as massive as loss of a parent or loss of a child or loss of a spouse. But think about it. Beyond death, we also will grieve different losses, like the loss of identity. So let's think about yeah. the loss of identity. Um, that's things like I lost my job. Um, you know, something that I lost. Um, I, I'm, my kids moved out. My kids are older. They're all gone. I was a mom, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. I'm an empty nester. If you go through a divorce, if you, um, for some women who maybe have breast cancer, they have to have a mastectomy. And that's, you know, there's a piece to femininity mm-hmm. that is altered and there's a loss. So there is a, uh, a loss of identity, I should say, a loss of part of our identity, how we've identified ourselves through the years. Um, there's also loss of safety. Okay. So, um, think about loss of safety that's like um technically it would be like a loss a lost sense of physical emotional or mental safety but you know think about like the housing instability that's occurring in our in our world right now or uh you know children of divorce grieving their loss of an intact family and how does that affect me um survivors of trauma uh infidelity in a marriage. You know, just there's, there that's a loss of safety or kind of that security that we can feel. Um, a third thing uh, is loss of autonomy. And, you know, I have a mom who's 80, uh, 85 years old. And, mm. you know, I know that we experienced, she would have experienced loss of being able to drive. And that's an autonomous, you know, that really Speaks to independence. Yeah, that's so tough. Yeah, and uh, just and your loss of your abilities uh, or financial you know, security, if you you know, but just loss of autonomy. So people who it could even be like like a, a millennial who loses a job during COVID, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden I was living in an apartment now I can't I have to move back home you know so that's just like a loss of that autonomy. Um, and then the fourth thing is like loss of dreams or loss of expectations um, or like expectations that are unfulfilled. Now, examples of that would be like maybe you always wanted to have a baby and you find out you're, you can't, you know, that kind of thing. Or um, I, I thought about graduating during a pandemic or starting college. I have students that have started college during a pandemic. So the first two years of college was predominantly remote. And that's a very different college experience than they would have ever heard about, or, you know, career setbacks, things like that. Yeah. Um, so those are different kinds of grief. That's really helpful. I, I
0: really appreciate just hearing those different categories, because when you put those words to it, it, I think it calls out a little bit of that in all of us, each one of those. Absolutely. You know, you look back over your experiences and go, yep, 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 yep. Right.
1: And we don't really think of it as, oh, that's a loss. But it is, like I said, it's a life event that that alters or violates what we were expecting mm-hmm. to have happen. And and there is a grieving process that occurs in that. Um, you know, so sometimes even like when I'm working with kids, um, there's a grieving process that kids go through. It, it, like, again, let's go to COVID. And during a pandemic, when you have everything shut down, you know, you think about we had how many news stories about like uh, – you know, prom not being canceled, graduation being canceled, or prom not happening, uh, graduation being canceled, things like that. So um, there is a, we don't think of it as like, wow, that's really grieving, but it is. There is a grief that comes with that because it's it's an alteration in expectation. If you think about all those things that I said, it alters life expectations, but it also at its crux, you know, Grief is so unsettling for us because it is a loss of control. We as human beings, we need to have a sense of control. I don't mean we have to be controlling, but we have to have a sense of the ability to kind of control s- parts of our environment. Um, chaos is very, you know, it, it's like, um, I can't remember if we yeah, talked before. Yeah, unsettling is a about, great word. I oh, mean, yeah. That's, just that, yeah. yeah. And so so. I could go in so many avenues, so sorry, I was getting a little off track there, but if you think about um that loss of control, it's like so then we have to think of it as, okay, if we can go through if we go through a period of grief, if we have a, a loss, then then, what are the things that we do to regain some sense of control? Because as we know, you know I was thinking about like things that sort of like um. If what's the saying, uh when when God closes a door.
0: When yeah, when God uh, closes one door, he opens another He opens
1: another yeah. or he opens a window. You yeah. know, and, and so, you know, we have to sort of keep that in mind that um that it is a feeling of a loss of control. But it's not, not an actual na- loss. Right. Because so so as I said, um my husband had an eighteen and a half month battle with cancer, which was devastatingly Horrid. I mean, it was it was just life changing. It was really sad. It was a very very difficult time. And when he died, um, as I was saying, um, I met a Nancy that I didn't ever hmm. know. And um, it's interesting because it happened right before we had that uh, what the snow apocalypse or something here in Portland, <laughs> um, where there was there was a massive shutdown. Like we because Portland obviously doesn't get a lot of snow and we got so much snow that year it was in 2016 and everything shut down schools were shut down because we you know we've got hills and stuff and we just don't have the the infrastructure yeah yeah, to to uh to take care of that and so initially one of the things i was going to focus on here is how we define something in our minds um we can in in the period of grief. It's almost like our compass, like our like true north. If you think about north on a compass and how you know how uh, the meter on a compass is going to get to north, you know, mm-hmm. and and it's almost like true north is off. It's just off. It's you can't find it, um, but your mind still thinks you can. You know what I mean? You're off, but you're the things you're telling yourself are almost like tripping you up at um, the way so. What I mean by that is like I thought, here I am, my husband just died, and everything is shut down and I'm home by myself. Nobody can get around. And I thought this is like the worst thing ever. And and I can't get to work. I need, you know, I would love to go to work. That would I could throw my myself into work, although I really wasn't thinking very clearly, and I was very, very sad. I mean, <laughs> that's like the understatement of the century. Um And what I really needed to focus on was just basic things to get back to normal. But I had to find that compass on my thoughts because what I thought after the fact was, what a blessing this was that I had that huge snowstorm because none of my clients were trying to get to see me because nobody was moving anywhere. And so I didn't I didn't leave people in alert.
0: Wow! Yeah, what a, that is a blessing.
1: And and so you know, it's sort of like that. That opened the window. God opened a window, or yeah. you know.
0: So I, I was going to say it, it, when you mentioned that, it almost seems like then what we can do is we can shift our control to something else. Maybe we we did lose control in one domain or one area of our mm-hmm. life, but there is still something we can control.
1: Oh, without a doubt. so so I don't know if um if any of the listeners are familiar with um there's a, a psychologist. Back, you know, in 1940s, Abraham Maslow um, came up with uh, a a piece on human motivation, and in that he created uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And you can picture a triangle with five let me five different I have to remind myself five different sections going horizontally, and In that, the largest section at the bottom is your physiological needs. The section above that is your safety needs. The section above that is love and belonging. The section above that is your esteem, your self-esteem. And the section above that, right at the top of that triangle, in the little tip, is (laughs) self-actualization. And the funny thing is, is when you are clobbered by life events and something is setting you back... We have. We can still feel like um, we should be focusing on our love and belonging. Or you know, uh, or in the instance of Trevor's death, I mean, I felt so lonely, you know, on all of that stuff. And what I really needed to focus my energy on was eating.
0: Mm.
1: Was was giving a darn about? Was caring about eating again? Caring, and I don't mean that because I'm. I love to eat, Gabe. And but I didn't care, I, and that maybe that's the thing. Yes, I needed to worry about caring, but first and foremost, I needed to remember to get up and eat, mm-hmm. get up and move my body. You know, so I had to go to those physiological needs before I could start thinking about the other stuff. I was stuck, um, and so let's talk about a few of the things that you yeah, could do. That's great um, in situations. Any of those situations, whether it's a, a death or it's a loss of identity, it's a, lo- a loss of safety, a loss of autonomy, or a loss of dreams or expectations. Um, you know, first thing that comes to my mind, and I know I'm monopolizing the conversation side. You're doing great. Um, uh, is to make daily action steps. And that's just what I was talking about there, you know, like create a small routine, even if you were the most massive mover and shaker, the person I met after Trevor's death was somebody who didn't give a rip. I, which clearly it's good that I couldn't go to work because I didn't give a rip about anything because I was so numb. I was just, you know, it's one thing when you have somebody, even a parent die who doesn't live with you. Um. There, it, that's devastating. But um, when your spouse dies, you go home and home is completely different now. Like it's not what it was. Yeah. And so home was not this place of peace that, you know, it, it always had been. So I, and I just found I didn't, I didn't care. And so what I needed to do um, is I had to create routines on the weekends, I had to get, uh, I made plans. To see people. Um, so I would make coffee Probably plans. didn't
0: feel like it at all, but you just needed to put exactly, that out there. Exactly, yeah.
1: exactly. No, I mean, half the time I would have been like, I don't really I don't really feel like talking. I don't want to rehash what happened yeah. again. Um, but I knew that if I stayed home, if I didn't get my butt out, I would fall into, I would either just be like, why, you know, what do I want to do right now? I don't want to get out of bed because I was depressed. Yeah. And it was a situational depression. And so that can happen. That doesn't mean you're going to stay there forever. But you have to kind of ride that wave. But you can hurry the wave along by trying to implement things that help to move you in that direction. Mm -hmm. Is almost like work to complete this sentence every day. Despite my grief or pain, today I can blank. So what is it? Despite my grief or pain, today I can go to the store. Today I can take the kids to school. Today I can laugh with a friend. I don't know. You know, today I can can walk.
0: You're almost... Uh, proving wrong this loss of control yes you're taking little steps exactly what
1: mm-hmm. you were saying before mm-hmm. you can you can recognize that you know because it's not like it's not like I still didn't have a house it's not like I still didn't have um the ability I had a job still but things just felt so off mm-hmm. um that I had to find true north again and you know the uh, you know so like almost thinking what is my purpose today and and don't overshoot it. Have it be something like it's a baby step. What is my purpose today? It's to it's to make food because <laughs> I love to cook. You know that game. Yeah, I love to cook. And my mom actually for that Christmas, my mom got me a little oven, like one of those little smart ovens.
0: Not an easy bake.
1: Not an easy bake. No. Oven. Although that would have been fun. No, <laughs> maybe not then. But no, she got me a little small oven because she she knew I wasn't I wasn't cooking at okay. all. I and she thought this would be good for one, one person. Mm -hmm. You know, because I'm not gonna. You know, because I wasn't like, oh, I'm gonna go and make this big meal. Not at all. And so those little steps helped me to get back. Um, The other thing is really to allow yourself uh, to be open, to be vulnerable, and to be comforted. A lot of us don't like who we can become when we're upset, Mm -hmm. when we're feeling loss, when we're grieving. We feel like, oh, people don't want to hear that. People don't want to be bothered. Or I don't feel like talking. I don't feel like sharing. Mm -hmm. But it is important to allow yourself. People want to do things for you. You know, if people say, hey, I'm going to bring over food. Okay. Excellent. Um, People, you know, let people be Which is tough because I
0: mean we all know how that goes if we've been in that situation there's there's you know a little bit of overwhelm on the receiving side sometimes in that yes but because you can't coordinate it all it's it's helpful for both sides
1: well and people that are listening to this I also think like on the other end if you're somebody and you know some and you have somebody that you know that went through a loss that has altered their life expectations don't be shy a lot of people don't know what to say and so they say nothing hmm. and i think it's really critical to know that in those times usually the person appreciates anything even if you think god what i just said was really stupid and maybe it's not hmm. but you just think but it was effort you think like you think like i have to have the right thing to say yeah. but i don't know that there is a right thing but there is maybe sure. it's just a, hey, can I come over and we'll just sit together or we'll go for a walk, you know, that kind of thing. Um, the next thing I thought about is, you know, one thing that I think can happen a lot is people can sort of think and dwell and cry, maybe be angry, you know, go through all of those. But the stages of of grief, um, but in thinking about that, you know, because you can get angry and and. Really, you go back and forth through those stages, but set a time for that. And this is this is something which most people don't think about. But you know, set a schedule. Like schedule Schedule it. it. Schedule it, and then and then during the day, when you're doing something else, when all of that starts coming in, or if you're going to start dwelling, if you find yourself ruminating, um, which is a nice way of saying obsessing on a certain thought, then. Move it. Say to yourself, I've got a time to do that, and it's not now. I have a time set aside. Because a lot of times, there's also people, uh, you, you either can do it all day, or you'll say, I'm not going to do that, period. <laughs> like, that makes me unhappy. I'm not going to think about it. But that's unnatural, and it can almost stifle progress. Mm. Um, it's like stuffing it. And so, set a time, you know, I'm going to think about it from six to seven 6 to 6.30, 6 to 6.15, you know, and maybe it's going to get shorter and shorter. But then the key is when you set the time, you got to then the other times a day that it starts coming up, you simply say to yourself, not now, I'll do it then. And if you want to write stuff down, keep a little book, and then you can write down the thought and you know, you will think about that later.
0: Yeah. I love the quote uh, or the saying, A- you got to act your way into feeling. Yeah. You know, and it's not to say that we diminish our feelings, but it, it is to say that we can have some measure of control over our feelings. And sometimes it is putting that one foot forward that yeah. that gets us moving in the direction we want to go anyways. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Well, and I think something that's really important for people to remember is that feelings feelings are inherently transient. They come and they go. You know, think of the river. I think I might have mentioned this before. Think of a, what, the way I try to have people visualize it is, I think I, I have you visualize a river in front of you, and uh, and then you know, so people who get anxious, anxious, I'm like, okay, so instead of reacting to anxiety coming again for for whatever reason or maybe for no reason, just think of anxiety coming down that river. Oh, wait, here you are again. Hello, uh, yeah, there you are. Don't swim out to it. Don't invite it on <laughs> That's shore recognize it will go if you just let it pass it will keep flowing down that river grief is the same way dealing with loss is absolutely the same way and the myriad of feelings that come with that um the uh, the other thing that i was thinking about is you know that we live in a society that is not very good with discomfort we work hard we work hard in America to try to be comfortable. And that's not how we were created. We weren't supposed to be um, just sitting back and being comfortable, sitting on, you know, sitting on the uh, couch, and uh, couch, uh, couch surfing, or not couch surfing, that's a totally different thing, uh, but channel <laughs> surfing, there you go. Um, so that isn't how we evolved. And so, but we work hard to remain comfortable and so be careful in times of grief that you don't look mm. to to become comfortable to push out grief and the various things that come with it by smoking weed whatever drinking excessively you know that doesn't mean you can't go and have a glass of wine with your friend or whatever but that you just be careful that you're not trying to pacify sure um, the uncomfortable feelings because that, you know, we make our best change. And I think I might've said this on a previous episode. We make our best change as human beings when we're uncomfortable and it would be a shame to not learn from our grief. Or if you pacify it too much, maybe you won't recognize how to create your new future hmm. and, and redefine what life is going to be like because it's not like this. there's there really is you know um, what is it the other saying um, if you want to make God laugh show him your plans yeah uh, you know life is dynamic it changes and so we got to learn to ride those waves
0: it's great so helpful Nancy I really like the idea of looking for. You know, it's true when you're overwhelmed or overcome with grief, the last thing you want to do is put out any effort because you just, you're you're internalizing so much. But finding things that maybe they don't require as much effort as, you know, um, a total life change, but to to just say that I'll make a meal, I'll go walk with a friend, I will, you know, complete three tasks on my list or whatever the things are. I love the idea of just going, here's what I can do. Yeah, yeah, so it's, it's the, great question.
1: despite my grief, today I can, whatever that is. Yeah, It's an action. It's not a feeling. Um, it is. It is, do not, you know, don't think you're going to just pop back into life as you always knew it. I mean, it's changed. It has to be redefined. Yeah. And it's one step at a time. It's one day at a time. It's one hour at a time. It's one minute at a time, depending on where you're at.
0: Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing your hope with us. I mean, as even you've experienced, God has come into your life And walked you through to an entirely new phase and place. And uh, he does bring the joy back. Yep, absolutely. And he can for you as well as you're listening. And and we'll be praying that he does. Thanks so much for joining us on this midweek motivation episode of the West Side Podcast. I want to ask you to do two things real quick. One is if you could subscribe to this channel, we would love it. Subscribe to this podcast. We'd love it. We want to stay connected. And we always talk about things in these that are helpful, practical things that will just give you a boost in the middle of the week. And secondly, we'd love to have you pop into a Westside service this weekend. We are always around, and we are meeting here in the Portland, Oregon area, or you can even jump online, and you can find out more at westsidecommunitychurch.com. We hope to see you soon.